Broadcasting from their dining room table in California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. So, DBT. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I'm aware, Cecil, uh-huh. you've been playing it every day. The boys are good. Yeah, uh-huh. it's great that you and Dave have that in common. Uh-huh. That's the other thing he and I got. We don't see eye to eye much, but we we get down on some DBT. Yeah, I well, I think you guys do get along. I think you uh-huh. see eye to eye on things. Well, Am I? I mean, he's always laying down rules. Well, yeah, but Kate? honestly, Cecil, the pastrami rule was put in place for a reason. Well, I mean, <laughs> hell, if a man can't cure some meats in his nephew's house, where can he do it? <laughs> Probably at your house. Uh, well, Speaking of which, uh, Cecil, um, uh, <laughs> just wanted to talk to you about, uh-huh. uh, you know, rent or, um, I know that you don't really pay us rent. Uh-huh. Which David said if there's anything he could ever do. Yeah, I think he meant that uh-huh. through COVID, uh-huh. when everything was shut down. Well, you know, it ain't over yet. No, uh-huh. I know it's not, but, you know, maybe if you could help out. Uh-huh. With Experts say it could linger for another five years. Well, uh-huh. yes, but I mean, people can still work well, in I'm just things. trying to be careful. No, I know, I, uh-huh. and I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Um... But yeah, you just you're starting to fall asleep, and I can tell well, that you're bored right. by no, this. I'm fine. No, it's not all right. I um. I guess I'll go. No, clean it, up uh, my every time there's no pastrami in the house anymore. Why? Cecil, I'll take him from here. Jeez, buddy. Just... Ooh, I tried. I tried to make him. Okay. Cecil, just is is he still is the cured meats? The pastrami's an issue still, and also the whole rent thing he doesn't seem to understand yeah. or want to even engage in. So I don't know yeah, I don't, I how we're going to get this guy out of our house. Keeps talking about squatters' rights. I know. I heard that the other day. Uh-huh. And on his Google search bar, yeah. I saw something about tenants' rights, yeah. even though he's not a tenant. Yeah, for someone who has no <laughs> earthly possessions or <laughs> seemingly means of income, he is quite litigious. It's, so. it's, ama- it's kind of impressive. Yeah, Looks yeah. like he's with us for always. He's family. What can you do? You know, it's family. You, yeah. You can sympathize it's with It's family. That. I mean, you know, he's my uncle-in-law. Uh-huh. <laughs> How about you, Boo? Boo, I'm so great. I'm so happy to be here with you. I missed you. I haven't seen you in so long. That's a lie. We live together, but... We haven't like connected in a podcasty way. <laughs> in a podcasty way, you know. <laughs> so I am just thrilled, thrilled to be here. Yeah, excited to talk about uh-huh. somebody's new toy. Yeah, I got a new new ride. You did new whip. You did get a new whip. Uh-huh. Cool whip. Cool whip. Uh-huh. Um, Boo. Let me tell you. Yeah. Nothing has given me more joy than watching you 
get into that Subaru. Oh, I love it. And your eyes almost just, you almost started crying out of happiness. <laughs> I haven't seen you this happy. I'm going to say wedding. I'm going to say wedding day. Yeah. But it's almost better than no. the wedding because this, you get to keep this. This isn't just a memory. You know what I mean? Like, good. You need something to keep and get excited about. Uh-huh. And I'm excited. Yeah. It, uh, it's I'm amazing. Just stoked. It makes me feel like a teenager again. That's yeah. the last time I really cared about vehicles. Like, you know how it is when you become an adult and you start paying your own way and then you don't ever have any money and you say, hey, I'm going to be a comedian and I'm also <laughs> going to buy a car to live in it. Like, just superficial Charlie. transportation kind of goes on the back burner, you know. Uh, but, yeah. Like, when I was a teenager, I had the Jeep. Yeah. You know, so it was, that's the beautiful thing about, like, Jeeps and now the Subaru is, like, not only are they a means of transportation, but they can be, like, a hobby. Like, you can modify them and, you know, put all these cool little upgrades, and I'm looking forward to doing some of that. This is interesting to me because I've never been a car person, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's gender-related. I just, uh-huh. it never clicked with me. Yeah. My older sisters loved cars, mm-hmm. loved it, wanted new ones, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care. I just, I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like a nice bubble yeah. or something that looks like a spaceship uh-huh. or a weird truck. You know, we we know that I'm weird. Mm-hmm. But I love how into it, like, I didn't know the specificity mm-hmm. at which you designed this car. Mm-hmm. And I am just impressed. Like, it is so, it's you in a car. Yeah. It's yeah. you. For context, we ordered it. Uh, you know, you ordered it. Yeah, like um, a vending machine. Yeah, it took about, what, six weeks, five five weeks to get here. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty dope. Well, I thought the videos of Subaru, mm-hmm. like watching the videos on YouTube, would, would subside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. I thought you'd stop watching some. Yeah, I got real deep into the uh, <laughs> Subaru YouTube videos in the, in the five weeks since we ordered it and it arrived. And now it seems to be... It, it's kicked up a few notches. Well, yeah. Is that true? Now, is that because of the toys? You're going to make it different? Yeah. Than... Yeah, I'm looking at how other people have their mods, if you will. <laughs> oh, is that how you... In the business? Yeah. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of mods you got? You can do any sweet mods? Um, but yeah, that's the, it's like a little project. And there's... Because there's... I don't want to say thousands, but there's probably hundreds of different modifications you could do. Not like... Not that there's a hundred different things you could modify, but they, there's 20 different things you could modify, and there's five to ten versions of that thing, you know? Yeah. So there's so many uh, pieces to the puzzle that uh, I, I want to, if I start doing any mods or anything, I want to make sure I do it right. You know, for example. Okay. Aesthetically, I would love a lift kit, right? You got the body lift, you got the suspension lift. I know enough about it uh, from my Jeep days to know that you want to go with the suspension lift. Body lift is just purely aesthetic, and it doesn't do a whole lot. The suspension lift lifts the whole thing, and you have more ground clearance. What does the uh, body lift do? Body lift keeps like the chassis and everything where it is, and just the actual body lifts. And then you got this weird gap. It, you know, body lifts suck. Yeah, that but doesn't you, sound yeah, good. You want to go with suspension lift, but the problem is, like, it, obviously, you know, aesthetically, it looks nice. It sits up taller and it's bigger, and uh, it gives you more ground clearance when you take it off road, but I'm reading a lot of negative stuff about me- what it does mechanically oh, to no. these specific outbacks. Like some trucks and Jeeps are designed to where you can raise the suspension and it won't uh, do too much, uh, won't alter you know the handling or, or do any damage to like the um, uh, axles and stuff like that. But I think 
I've just, I've heard a lot of negative stuff. So like, what, what do I do? That's you, true. You know? Well, here's the thing. Probably not going to lift it, by the way. I love the mm-hmm. lifting idea. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Mm-hmm. As a person that owned a Prius, not really. My dad did, so it wasn't mine at all. <laughs> I'm fine. And <laughs> but I wanted to raise it. Remember when I was into my raising the Prius phase? Uh-huh. So I get it. Yeah. I say raise it as high as you want. Mm-hmm. I say go for it, boo. Go for the raise. Well, that's what I'm saying though. It, it it may not be in the car's best interest mechanically to do that. So, I know, but it would look cool. Yeah, it'd look cool. But and also I, I'm I'm probably going to get some new tires and wheels okay. eventually. <laughs> I like the tires and wheels that come on it. Uh, it it's a black wheel. <clears throat> but if it weren't black, like design-wise, it's fairly stock. You know, it's fairly just, it's nothing special. It looks pretty cool at first glance because it's black. Most black wheels look, you know. I know. like yeah. black wheel. And look. I do too. And, but this my point is the particular wheel I think needs an upgrade. And I'll, I'll do, and I'll make it black. The new one will be black. But uh, I'm going to wait because when I get new wheels, I'm going to need new tires. And uh, Wait, I thought wheels are tires. No, wheels are the metal thing, the wheel, and the tires the rubber thing around it. Okay, that's really, really confusing. How's that confusing? I thought you were talking about tires this whole time. No, I would have said tires. Well, I thought, uh-huh. what about hubcaps? I thought hubcaps, are you talking about hubcaps? Because hubcaps are what you're saying wheels are. No, no a hubcap goes on a a. I don't want to say shitty wheel, but a wheel that is designed to not, that doesn't have an aesthetic purpose, then you just fucking put a little plastic hubcap on it and it's got some design or whatever. But a lot of wheels nowadays, they, the wheel serves a functional purpose, but then the outside of the wheel serves an aesthetic purpose as well. So, But the wheel would be the thing in the center, the metal thing, and the tires are the rubber thing that goes around it. I, I know you're not a car person, but this is fairly elementary. <laughs> well, I no, no, no. Uh-huh. I'm not acting. I I, I hear you. I think I've always confused uh-huh. uh, tire, wheel, hubcap. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like how you look at a bra. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much components in a bra mm-hmm. in a cup size that mm-hmm. you don't understand. I mean, I haven't had the right bra size for years. Yeah, I'm scared to go in to have somebody measure it. But you know, it's made me similar to that. Uh huh. Boobs. Wheels. Boobs and wheels. There you go. That's the that's check, our new podcast. Check Boobs out the, and wheels. Check out the hubcaps on that gal. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm probably going to get some new wheels and tires uh, when these tires wear out in 40,000 miles or 20,000, whatever they're going to last. But uh, I don't think they last that long. Yeah, where am I getting 40,000 miles? I'm thinking of other... Other things, other maintenance things. But you're going to get a rock. What I do remember uh-huh. is you saying rock crawler. There's uh, a thing. Rock sliders. Sliders. Yeah. There you go. Rock sliders. Okay. Uh, I like that. Little That's bars fun. that go on the side, like, you know, where the, like, like if you needed a, when I had the Jeep, we called them Nerf bars. And they, they kind of, the main purpose was a, it was like an extra step to get up into it. This would go right there on the sides, you know, um, and they're, they're just, it's just another uh, indestructible component that when you take it off road, that maybe the rocks, you know, will will lean and and hit the rock sliders as opposed to anything important in the undercarriage. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay, question. And they, and they look cool. They do look cool. Mm-hmm. I actually like the look of them. Mm-hmm. How much would it be mm-hmm. to just like how much do people spend on blinging out oh. their Outback Subarus? Like oh. really? Like what's the 
Well, ballpark. I mean, like today, I went, and the only negative, by the way, of the car, the only thing I don't oh, no. like is this, the speakers suck. The, they, they really do. They don't They're suck, not, yeah, I know. But it wasn't, when I'm thinking brand new Outback, they got all this tech. Like, they got the Starlink system. It's just, it's a very, it's the most high-tech vehicle I've ever driven. No, it's like a computer. And, you know, it's so cool. It's like, And I just computer. assumed that, like, oh, this, this stereo system's probably going to be pretty, pretty bumping. And it's just a little underwhelming. Oh, I'm sorry. But I went today and got an estimate on an aftermarket upgrade. So, but yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to just go nuts, you could easily drop. You know, uh, new, t- <laughs> new tires going to be a thousand. Oh, really? Yeah, well, about two two hundred fifty a piece for okay. like good all terrain or off road tires. Okay, maybe a little cheaper. New wheels about the same. You could mm-hmm. you know about two hundred two hundred fifty piece for new you know good wheels. So mm-hmm. you know, there's two thousand. Uh, rock sliders I can get for a couple hundred, I think. Those are pretty pretty cheap. The stereo system's going to be 2000 So, like, oh, yeah, you, I could easily drop another five, six grand without even thinking. There's other things I might want to get. I might want to get a, a luggage basket up top, maybe a rooftop tent. Okay. I don't know. So, like, but, yeah, that's the fun of it is you, you just piece it together, you know. You get this thing now and wait till your next payday, get that thing, you know. So yeah, you just, it's like a fun, yeah, just, Charlie, can I help it's, you? It's a fun little hobby. Jeez, this you know? dog. And I know in the state of the world, the state of the world, the state that the world is in today, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little self-centered to be trying to think about spending money on my little upgrades, but it's a, it's a fun thing. It's no, it's your escape. It's your yeah. fun. Are you yeah, kidding? It's a, it's a fun thing. I think it's great. I haven't had like uh, a fun vehicle project in decades. I mean, the van was definitely a project, but there was there was just a different vibe to that. That that was more of like necessity and survival. Uh, but yeah, to just like try to think about piecing this thing together. I mean, in in the uh, off road community, they call it a, a build. Oh, is that what they yeah, call it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how much... Okay. How's your Outback build coming? How many... Like you... Let's say you, you watch one of your videos. Mm-hmm. This guy has it all. He's yeah. got the rock thingies, <laughs> the thing, and uh-huh. the wheels, and the tires, and mm-hmm. the, you know, mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. How much, like, how much was would he spend? I know you can easily spend five mm-hmm. to 6000 but, like, how much is the top... It, like, how have you seen somebody spend like over twenty thousand dollars on it? On uh, Outback? Uh huh. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Now Jeeps and stuff, you could do that, or, or really? big trucks. But yeah, maybe I don't know. Could you could you spend twenty thousand dollars on a Jeep upgrade? I think, yeah. If you tried hard enough and you got every possible thing, yeah, you could probably get twenty thousand. I'm like, just disappointed with the speakers. Yes, I thought they would be so much better. I thought. That's I don't know really why they would cut corners on that. I mean, I get it's kind of a utility vehicle and it's an off-road vehicle, but like, regardless of what you're using the vehicle for, most people are going to want premium sound. Yeah. I don't know why you would cut corners. I get if like it, and I get doing that on like a uh, what would you call it? economy car? Mm-hmm. You know, I just need something to get to work, just mm-hmm. bare bones. But the, my point is, all the technology and care and detail that went into this Outback Wilderness, it's just odd that they would just gloss over the speakers. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's very, it's bananas it to happens. me. Listen, boo, it this happens. is an exciting new chapter. Yeah, it's a new chapter in I'm my life. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, it is. I, I like that you have a car that's fun. Yeah. Well, it's fun to be a car guy again. I think I said on Boogie Monster, like, it, it, it's hard to be a car guy when you can't afford a good one. 
Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's fun to, like, ooh, I'm going to be a car nerd now. Well, and people are, you're getting all the looks, especially yeah. from all the gentlemen in this WeHo community, yeah. and I'm excited about it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm bringing the people what they want, which is my boo. Yeah. Big, beefy sauce daddy. Yeah, big, beefy sauce daddy yeah. gets some uh, head turns here in, in WeHo. You did. So, yeah. You really a, just. guy hit on me last night. I was <gasps> talking Charlie. Tell me just, what happened. Not like anything specific, but you could just tell, like, you know, like. A little too friendly, a little too much eye contact. Like, all right, bud. Was he like, hey, what's your sign? Yeah, no, he, he, <laughs> they, they do this a lot. They, uh, the Charlie is the in. Like, oh, what's your dog's name? Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, all right, there's a little, little, little too much small talk. We've gone beyond small talk. Right. And you're making a little too much eye contact. So, all right, well, you have a good evening. Yeah. I'm always super polite, like. I've never been one of those meatheads that gets offended. Like, hey, I'm not gay. Don't look at me. Like, no, you know, okay, I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, that's, that's all you're gonna get, bud. <laughs> I'll, I'll be nice, and I then mean, and then we got to keep it moving. <laughs> listen, boo. If you ever have urges, though, urges. I understand, and we can talk about that. This is a sex-positive house, everybody. I'm so straight, I don't even look at my own dick when I pee. Yeah! That's a Rory Scovel joke. Aww. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I, it doesn't bother me. It's, uh, everybody around here is super friendly, but it is funny how, like, how ballsy some of them are. Yeah. Well, and I think, and, and I, I'm not going to speak for the gay community. I know nothing about the gay community in terms of uh, firsthand experience, but I would assume, like, if you're gay and mm-hmm. you live in West Hollywood and you're around other gay dudes, it's just like, you know, hey, let's let's cut to brass tacks. Where's this going? Come on. But yeah, you're right. When they run across a straight guy, it's just like, all right, <laughs> yeah, none of your techniques are really gonna work. I'm just trying to be friendly. Yeah, no, not interested. <laughs> not interested. But yeah, it is funny. I love that. Well, you got all these new Hawaiian shirts. Yes. You have. You're just rocking it. Changing you got new it up. shoes. Got I'm new sorry, uh, guys. Let me tell you. I'm growing and evolving. You so. are. I'm. No, I am honestly very excited, mm-hmm. guys. The words that I never thought Dave Stone would say happened this week, which is ankle socks, and I've never been more excited. I've ankle always hated socks. ankle socks. Ankle socks. I I I know I am no uh, fashionista. What, what are you pointing at? He wants cherries. You can't have cherries. I know. Buddy. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Charlie, Charlie wants a cherry. He has been a pill lately. He's been in a mood. He's going through his angsty teen years. Um, I know I I I don't have great fashion sense. Well, and we've talked about this before. Like when you become a certain size which, you know, I feel like I hit in the last few years, the fashion shifts from, you know, what's going to look good and it shifts towards what's going to be comfortable. Oh, what, yeah. What's going to hide my girth yeah. and be somewhat comfortable at the same time. Well, it's so function. It's, it's function over aesthetics. Um, that being said, I, I've always won fashion sense. I, I don't have any style per se, but I, I don't know what I want to look like. I know what I don't want to look like. And one thing from day one, from the time I could buy my own clothes, I never wanted to look like a preppy. 
I'm just not uh, a pre- preppy. I've, I've I love never how been that's a preppy dude. A preppy. Preppy. When I was in high school, we had the preps, the preppies. Like Abercrombie the, and Fitch? Yeah, the yuppies. Just, just like. the little yuppie boys with their pink polos and their stupid khaki shorts. And those are the kind of guys that wear like the boat clean shoes. white boat shoes with no socks. And I just, See, I, I, I like never like boat shoes. I never want to be a preppy dude just because. A, I don't aesthetically like that look, and B, that's a subculture I don't want to be mistaken for. I'm just uh, not to get into like class warfare here, but just growing up and you know in my high school years and my twenties and stuff, just like living in Athens, Georgia, but not going to school there and just being surrounded by frat boys and just just that uh, some of that subculture they they tend to take themselves too seriously and. Think they're, think they're better than others. And I was just like, fuck that group. I don't want to be a part of that group. So I've always been hesitant to to wear anything that is remotely yuppie or preppy. Not that I'm some gutter punk. You know, I'm not like Mr. Punk Rock can't wear a collared shirt. I just never wanted to be the yacht rock frat boy preppy guy. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I think you got great fashion sense. Mm-hmm. Now, you have impeccable style. <laughs> you really do. I, I so you you haven't dressed poorly uh-huh. at all. This is like your Larry David uniform look, yeah. which I appreciate, and it's so you, and it looks good. I'll admit it would be nice if my day to day uniform didn't make me look like an active shooter. That's the but, only thing. You know, I realize I look like you know fat Antifa, a <laughs> lot, lot of black, a lot of cargo shorts, and and specifically with the socks. I this is something I adopted when I moved out here. Uh, somehow just immediately, like subconsciously, it wasn't even really like, this is what I'm going to do. But um, when I moved out here 10 years ago, I noticed that a lot of the Latino dudes rock the black socks and yeah. pulled up. Not all the way to the knee, but like the, the shin, like the calf socks. And I was like, that's a cool look, especially like with black shoes or dark shoes. So I've just been rocking that for 10 years. Like if I'm wearing shorts, just, you know, cargo shorts and black calf Link socks with black sneakers and uh, we're going to Hawaii and I was just like I can't look like a hillbilly cholo yeah. in Hawaii so a hillbilly uh, cholo <laughs> <laughs> so and, and plus the that that uh, sock and shoe combo doesn't uh, it hasn't been complimenting my Hawaiian shirts you know it's kind of two different it co- styles cl- clashing and uh, so I've, I've got, I'm shifting into more of the cleaner white, light colored sneaker. And it I, looks I, so good, and I guys. bought, I bought some, I bought some no show socks. Oh, you already bought them? Yeah. I thought you were just doing barefoot in your shoes. No, oh. I, I, I ordered some. Online. Oh, you ordered they, some. They're not okay. here yet. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I got some new Nikes yesterday. I went, I, and that's the other thing. I haven't owned a pair of white sneakers in 20 years. Really? I've always just been a black sneaker guy. Like, wow. You know, I used to rock the black Chuck Taylors until those were just so fucking painful that I had they to really switch. They really do They're hurt. So painful. They hurt. Then lately, you know, last few years, just like uh, the Nike Air Max or just some sort of somewhat subtle Nike, uh, but you know, black on black, black shoe, black sock, and um, yeah. So now I'm just, and now this isn't going to be my everyday look per se. I'm still going to okay. hang on. To the black socks with my day to day, but I was just like, "We're going to Hawaii. Yeah, let me let me at least try to uh, make an effort to to match the vibe." Interesting. I love that, Boo. Good. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, we all have to take fashion mm-hmm. risks. Yeah. And I understand white shoes for you is a risk. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, you look like a champion. Thank you. And it looks good. And I think you're doing great. Well, the next piece of the puzzle is I still rock cargo shorts. I know cargo shorts yeah, have know. kind of become a punchline. You, know. you think so? Oh, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, I think people. I think they're making a comeback. People, people been throwing shade on cargo shorts for a while now, but uh, and it's not even the functionality because I don't really use the cargo pockets that much. But I just like the way they sit. I like the way, and so I got to figure out how to maybe segue out of that. I thought getting the I ordered two nice pair of Dicky shorts. Same oh. style and fabric of, of my beloved Dicky pants. I <laughs> yeah. still rock those. But, and I think we addressed this. They, I mean. They're a weird they're length. So, well, they were so long. They went below the knee. They were like <laughs> mid-shin. You talk about cholo, and I'm not trying to, you know, be a stereotypical here. But, you know, there is that stereotype of just the super baggy pants, dude. And I'm not saying only cholos rock that, but you know what I'm saying. Um it, but it was insane. So I had them altered or tailored, rather uh, altered. Yeah, altered. I guess would be alterate alterations, alterated, altered. Um, I told them to take like three or four inches off, and and now the length is right, but they just still because they weren't originally designed to be that length. It just they looked a little, even though they hemmed them and did a good job, they looked kind of chopped off. So now I know they're just so. I don't know. They just don't sit right. I I noticed that. Dickies are hard. Mm-hmm. Dickies is a that's a tough bag. Yeah. You know. So I don't know what to do with my short game. Okay, I don't know what to do with boy short game either. I'm I, very concerned. I have I, se- sorry to interrupt. I have segued out of the camouflage, so that's a step. <laughs> that's a step. I haven't I haven't rocked the camouflage since we moved here. Since Dave Strandberg used to make fun of you yeah. every single day for yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, do you have any other shorts, Kate? <laughs> Where's? Don't you buy that guy shorts? <laughs> so I, I have like the uh, kind of the dark khaki, like, like kind of not like the pale khaki, but you know, what I mean? kind of almost the yeah. bronze. So I've been rocking those for a few months, but I feel like I need to. I know you shorts straights. are hard. Straights are hard. Yeah. I do not know how to dress a straight man. Yeah. If you were a gay man, you'd be fine. But all this, like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I don't, it's like, does not compute. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm like, comfort, what? Yeah. Sits right, shorts? Because yeah. you got a whole thing down there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a situation below the waist that I have no idea. Mm-hmm. That I, I can't give you Katie advice with mm-hmm. pants mm-hmm. because I don't have that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just letting you know the difference between boys and girls. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. <laughs> what does my penis have to do with my I don't shorts? know. I Well, because I'm assuming mm-hmm. the sitting right, mm-hmm. that probably has something to do with your yeah, area. Yeah, you want the crotch to be... Uh, yeah. I need... <laughs> you need a big old I need a loose crotch. crotch. <laughs> Listen. I need room for the furniture. Well, girls um, have to worry about camel toe. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys have to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, penis ball stuff. Uh, moose knuckle. Mm-hmm. What's a moose kn- What? That's a Brian Posehn joke. Just, What's moose knuckle? It's the opposite of a camel toe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not the opposite, but it's the camel. I was trying to picture a moose's knuckle, mm-hmm. and I was like, interesting. Okay, is it a moose? No. Mm-hmm. Got it. Boo. 
I think you're doing great. We're going to figure out the shorts. Yeah. Okay. What about jean shorts? Your thoughts on jeans? Nah, see, no, that's never. Too, that's for okay. That's now, boy. I don't mind. I did rock these a little bit. Now, um, repurposed, cut off jean shorts. Not bad. Like if you have a good, nice fitting pair of jeans. Okay. That have gotten too old, and maybe the knees have got holes in them or stuff. I don't mind that look. Where and then after you, the, when you first cut them off, they don't look good. But like once you wash them a couple times, yeah, and that the, you wear them a lot. The uh, what do you call that? The fringe or whatever yeah. starts to the natural fringe. Like that looks okay, but just like purposeful jean shorts that you buy off the rack, nah, that's that's a little too dorky dad for me. You think that's dorky dad? Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a very dorky dad move. Well, what I've noticed at Target and mm-hmm. other amazing stores I frequent is that the boy clothes, the shorts are now. They're I getting, mean, getting short. They're getting so small. short, but mm-hmm. they're in this weird mid area mm-hmm. where it's like, wait, are you? Are those trunks? Yeah. Is that a speedo? Mm-hmm. Is that what is happening? to these shorts because even I was like oh I'll just get boy shorts and it's like even I'm like well it's it's weird Mm -hmm. it's an odd it's an odd situation what's happening to the dudes yeah and listen on the ladies side of fashion not great we're Mm -hmm. back in the 90s in high school I dressed like a nightmare I didn't know what I was doing and now it's back (laughs) now it's back silk dresses like what do we do I don't know slips what anyway my little fashionista. Yeah. I've never been more proud. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you know what, boo? I'm going to go ahead and say this. Mm-hmm. Guys, Dave Stone went and got a massage. Now. No, Jackie says this is no massage. Oh. It is. What? Yes, oh, it's, it is. It's no. a Quasha is a massage, boo, that you just <laughs> have to cry through. <laughs> that felt like a massage if, if the masseuse was having a bad day and had a rage problem. I got. We talked about your gua sha session last time. I went and did it. I I made him get a gua sha, guys. Ooh. I made Dave go get gua sha because guess what? Mm-hmm. Now he can move his arms, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of fascia. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? She explained yeah. it better to you, I feel, or maybe I was just crying too much. No, and screaming. You, you explained it to me on the podcast uh, okay. perfectly, uh, as far as setting me up, but you know. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? Briefing me, yeah. Uh, before I went and did it myself, but uh, yeah, the um, just the concept that your body stores trauma, and that was completely foreign to me. I had never heard that. Yeah, um, and, and what, it's scary. Cortisol, you know, your trauma. Mm-hmm. Anytime you've had legit trauma in your life, or if you've had to experience, you know, the fight or flight procedure. Um, you store cortisol, mm-hmm. which I guess turns into, what did you say, fascia? Her thing was fascia, but I, I'm not completely clear on I that. I think the so. fascia is just the tension, the and, tension the sh- and the tissue crap. and the yeah. buildup and all that. And she just basically just beats the hell out of it, just beats all that out of you. Well, and, he, and here's something, too. I don't know if we talked about this last time. She only does either the top half or bottom half, yeah. which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she only did your upper portion. Yeah, upper, but my shoulders. But you were a neck. bruised little baby. It, she beat the hell out of me. Yeah. And, and what what she does, and you explained this last time, but just to refresh, uh, it's basically like a deep tissue massage, but she has a couple of different hand tools. Mm-hmm. One kind of looks like brass knuckles. Another one is like kind of this S shape thing that she holds on, and another one looks like a little uh, spade. You know a what a gardening, gardening tool yeah, or something. That's right, yeah. Uh, and just, I mean, 
Yeah. Just not like, I don't know how to describe it, not like she was punching me with it, but like slow, steady pressure massage, but now instead of hands, she got, the, and she was strong anyway. She was yeah, a she's a strong, strong lady. lady yeah. But uh, all her strength and leverage and torque uh, yeah. combined with those hand tools, like, I mean, almost everything she did was painful. Like, mm. I never tapped out or quit, but I, and she was like, just whatever you got to do, you know, yell or grunt, or she gave me the mantra. What was uh, your mantra? She what was yours? You? I forgot. Uh, mine was, out of my body. Oh, well, that's what mine was. But then. So she's recycling mantras. She's recycling mantras, <laughs> but then mine turned to like a whole parent issue. So I had okay. to like scream at dad and. Yeah. It was interesting. So you got emotional with it? Oh my God. Uh-huh. I yeah. never got it. She was trying to get me there. Like she talks, she, it's, it's kind of a massage, a sadistic massage mixed with a little bit of therapy. Well, she's a healer uh-huh. as well. So uh-huh. it's, and I know everyone's probably rolling their eyes, but look, like I do believe in healers. I do believe in all this stuff. And I honestly, like she used to work with this like muscle dude uh-huh. that would do heavy weightlifting competitions and stuff. And that's how she got trained in this. Uh-huh. And, and then plus she did healing as well. Uh So it was like this amazing combination of an actual sports masseuse Uh and healing, which is a really cool combination that usually people charge so much. And I know she wasn't cheap, but she doesn't do repeat customers. Uh It's literally one and done. Yeah. Because she doesn't want you to waste your money, which I really appreciate. Uh So she's implying that that what she did will last me the rest of my life. Like, well, not, I mean, you'll, you know, if you don't take care of yourself uh and like get rid of stuff, but yeah, it's, that is just a, it's basically build up. It's like you put Drano Uh in your body (laughs) and we're cutting through it. And And she just got it out. So until I take on new trauma, I should be good. So like, I guess what I'm saying is the fascia that got there because of whatever trauma in the past it won't come back that particular from that source. Not from that source, but uh-huh. here's why I always get nervous because I think your brain, when you get upset or whatever, I'm pretty sure I haven't done extensive, extensive research about this. And also I can't remember anything, but, um, with your brain, like your, your anger, let's say at road rage, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if if that reaction mm-hmm. is kind of a similar reaction like trauma, like because your body can't tell the difference. Yeah. So you need this cortisol outlet somehow. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you're like, but that's because we're so used to cortisol. If you're in a flight fight or flight state, mm-hmm. for you know that's why people with trauma and stuff they they start panicking if you know if you got in a bad car wreck and you hear something that's gonna trigger you, mm-hmm. and then. You know, so you have to breathe through it. I don't really know the extent. I don't know if you, the maintenance of which this is, but I do know that breathing through stuff, actually feeling your feelings, mm-hmm. kind of stepping out of it, it it's all connected, buddy. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy, like yeah. how your brain, how our crazy little computer up there works. Yeah. We have these emotional little computers mm-hmm. in our head, and they're so wonderful, but if we don't take care of them in the proper way... They can misfire on us, yeah. you know. They could they could go against us, mm-hmm. and I I find that crap amazing because that happened. I I'm sure I talked about this, but for those of you that didn't know, I used to um, train 
this woman and she got in a horrible car accident. And I remember one morning I was like, okay, what, what's going on? Like this is the British client. Yes. This is my professor. Uh Oh, I loved her. She's still with us. I just, Uh yeah. Anyway, uh, she was doing a lunge. She could do a lunge with her right leg. Perfect. The left, it was as if I had to get a crane to help her. Like I had TRX bar. I had like a rope. I was helping her. Like she couldn't bend her knee. And Uh that was about 20, 30 years ago, she got into a really bad car accident and she got hit and that was her leg. That was the leg that got hit. So I stupidly was like, okay, let's just work through this. Like you're not injured anymore. Let's just do this. Right. I have no idea about any of like trauma body stuff. So we, I make her do a lunge. Like, I'm just like, okay, let's do it. I do a modified version. I I get her bungees. She's prepared. She does this lunge and immediately starts screaming, crying. Uh, She hit the ground, and I was like, F, what am I going to do? And she was like, what's going on? And I, luckily, from acting and stuff, I know your body is a tool. Like, all actors are like, keep your tool pristine, and that's why they go to the gym. And you know what I mean? So you can... Like dancers, like you have to be able to use your tool, a.k.a. your body. But she <laughs> she was just so upset and started crying, and I thought she injured herself. And I was like, okay, did you pull anything? Like I was getting out my mm-hmm. you know, phone to call 911, like what's going on? And she was just reacting, and it was as if she was in that car accident. She's like, I just need a minute. And I was like, okay. And she started to throw up, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired and sued. Like what's happening. But I just said, Jan, you're fine. And I like held her hand and I was like, this is from that accident. That's what's going on right now. And your body doesn't want to go there, but like, you're going to be okay. And I just, and she threw up again and I was like, you're going to be okay. And I, I just got Zen Katie, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. rare. And (laughs) I just, I I was just like walking her through it and then she got past that uh, like witnessing it she got past it and then she was just breathing and I said did you injure anything like are you and she's like no nothing is injured like mm-hmm. and she's a professor she's an like wrote so many books like she's a brilliant woman but like this was a trauma incident mm-hmm. and I feel the I just found that fascinating that her body remembered it so much. And that's why she wouldn't lean on her leg with certain exercises or do squats in a proper way. Cause she was like, I'm avoiding this mm-hmm. because this is going to hurt so much. And I don't want to feel this. Mm-hmm. And once you confront it, once you say, okay, let me, let's just figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's not so scary, but you have to confront it and you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's like anything, but it's, it's funny how we, Cause then, you know, think about it. If you're, let's say your right leg's all messed up and you just favor, you like lean on Mm -hmm. your left, your body's going to get all out of whack. You're going to feel weird, you know, and it's like, oh, I have a bad knee. I have a bad this. But a lot of it is this thing happened. I never really healed from it. Mm -hmm. And now my head is saying red alert. Do not go here. I don't want this. And that's where all the emotion comes from. So I knew about like going into the gua sha thing, I was like, oh crap, I'm gonna just mm-hmm. be a mess, which I was, which I was. But she said, I had a lot of fascia stored up. Really? And she got in, she started getting into like where it was coming from, what caused this, and she started asking about, you know, 
what I've been doing the last 20 years and mm. asked about my childhood. And eventually, I, I admitted to her that I used to be a cop because she started talking about cortisol and fight or flight. And she asked, if you, have you ever experienced fight or flight? And I kind of chuckled. And then that led to the to the police stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's – and she – she was really like digging a bit around with all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's probably, and she's like, well, how many times have you had like, like legitimate fight or flight scenarios? And I was like, just while I was a cop, probably a couple of dozen, there was a couple dozen times where like, you really were. Yeah. And there was two times in particular, like, uh, and I don't want to get too deep into this and I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but there was two times and I, I got in a bunch of fucking fights when you're a cop, you just, you just violence is just part of it. You got people yeah. trying to fight you. You got people trying to get out of uh, things. Trying to yeah. you know, uh, evade you. Um, there was two times I, I probably got into. I probably got into like I've laid hands on people twenty times probably just while I was a cop. Like in terms of like we're scrapping. Oh shit! Here it goes. Because uh, you're protecting yourself as well. Like you're yeah. protecting. Yeah, yeah, and not. Yeah, I see. Okay. And most of it was people trying to just get away from me, you know, mm-hmm. trying to run, you know, avoid getting arrested, that kind of stuff. But there was two two times in particular where it was like, oh, this guy's trying to kill me. There's twice where I so got... So you there. remember being mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy's... Yeah, this, gonna... guy's, this guy's not trying to get away. This guy's trying to fucking kill me. So, uh, you know, I dealt with those two two times I had to deal with that. And, when... and she was like, oh, that tracks. She's like, you got a bunch of shit in your shoulders and your neck. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. Well, you had um, your neck... Was it was just so? Um, I just thought it was really muscular. <laughs> Truly, I mean, it was literally like just really, really thick. You got back from Guasha, it was gone. Yeah, like I've never seen you so perked up. And yeah, she said my neck got longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked taller. I looked taller. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and I'll say uh, we're uh, about a week and a half after the fact now, and uh, I, I feel great. Like I can, I can feel like it hurt like shit in the moment, and I was bruised mm-hmm. incredibly for like a week, as you know. But uh, once you get past all that, like I definitely can feel like I feel looser. Uh, I can. My mobility, my movement, I was telling you, uh, my left shoulder, I couldn't do a complete circle, mm-hmm. you know, like a warm-up, you know, you know, make the big circles, make the little circles. I, I have full range of motion in my right arm, but I, I had, like, probably not more than 50%, but, like, it was not 100%. I couldn't make a 360-degree a circle immediately that day. That went away. Wow. Yeah. When she was trying to get you to talk about, like, with counseling and stuff, mm-hmm. why was that kind of off-putting to you? Like, why do you think, were you just not into it because it was so painful? Were you kind of like... I just wasn't prepared to, like, have a therapy session. Yeah. You know, I wasn't prepared to just open up to a stranger about... Yeah. You know, some of the shit I've been I forget. Through. No, I understand. Yeah. Like, because I'm such a therapy person that I'm like, okay... Here's my shit. Ready? Go. Yeah. Dead sister. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? I could just go through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot about And I'm sure you, you warned me about it, but I forgot about that aspect of it. I thought it was just going to be like a, a, you know, extreme deep tissue massage. But then when she starts, you know, asking questions and picking around the way a therapist might, it was like, wait, what are we doing? But she, she you know, and I understood once she made it clear, I understood what she was trying to do, but it still was just like, 
I mean, I opened up. I told her some of the stuff, but I didn't go into great detail. And she started <laughs> the uh, the right side masculine, the left side feminine. Mm-hmm. She she noticed that uh, my left side needed a lot more work. Wow. She started, she started asking about my mom and stuff like that. Wow. And I told her, you know, a little bit about mom. I told her, you know, she's been in a wheelchair ever since I was born. And she was like, oh, that tracks too. She was very interested in that. Really? Very interested in just... My childhood with a mom who was in a wheelchair. She was very interested in that. That's a really interesting point of view. That mm-hmm. That's what I love about therapy or, you know, any type of this kind of healing thing is that, oh, yeah, of course. Of course you're going to have a different upbringing and, of course, you're going to have different mm-hmm. issues that arise with that. Not issues, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, that's, that would be really... I don't know how it is to have a mom in a wheelchair mm-hmm. for for my whole life, you know? And I don't know. That's why did she say that tracks? Like it just because that's where all the buildup was. Yeah, she said I was lopsided. Like, you know, there was more. Wow. My, my left side, my feminine side needed more attention than my right side, masculine side. She was asking about my relationship with my dad. And mm. I was like, oh, I had a great relationship. And she's like, hmm. Like, okay. So did the left... And then she's like, How, what's, how's your relationship with your mom? And I was like, it's 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 great. It's good. But, the, you know, it's complex. Yeah. You know, we've had our issues for years, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely been... And not, not to, you know, talk negatively on, on my mom, but there was definitely more drama with me and my mom than there was with me and my dad. Yeah. You know, more issues there. So. Of course. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's funny because I think you have such a good boundary and sometimes it's not the best boundary because, you know, you should let people in and let, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But like, I'm proud that you even answered questions to her mm-hmm. like that. Cause that's, that's huge. And I know that, but for me, I think I go the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, okay, let's get into it. All right. <laughs> so when am I effed up? Uh, which, which tragedy do you want to talk about? Yeah. But it's almost like she was almost with me like, all right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to keep going, lady. Yeah. But, wow. Well, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really Was it hurts. the worst pain you've had in a setting? Well, you've never had a massage. Yeah, I've never had a massage. <laughs> yeah, it's the most constant pain. Like, I've never just been beat up for literally two <laughs> hours straight. <laughs> I mean, it just felt like I was in a boxing match for two hours. It's like, good Lord. And there was one time where she's like, she was working on, uh, she, the most pain came from like my traps, like the side of my neck. Oh. Like just, she was just digging in there. And uh, she's trying to make small talk about, she's talking about her garden. And I'm like, uh-huh. And blah, blah, blah. Do you have a garden? No. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we got corn. She got corn this year. And right when she said that, she like hit a nerve and I went, fuck your corn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she knew. She, we both laughed at it. Like, but it was just like, and she told me at the beginning, like, you know, say the mantra. You can cuss. You can scream. You can yell. You can breathe. Whatever you got to do to get through this, you know. Wow. So there was a couple times where I was just like, <laughs> like, Fuck. Okay. One time I yelled, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I love you. No, she loves you. I think she has a crush on you, which is fair because I am, I think everyone should have a crush on you because you're amazing. Yes, I'm amazing, everyone. You are. Um, no, but I'm just saying that's so, oh, boo, that's funny. 
Yeah. But yeah, it was a great experience. And thank you. That was a gift from you. Yeah. I would have never spent my own money on something like that. You know, just. Yeah, I know. But, it's but annoying. I'm glad you made me go. It was, it was a good experience. Yeah, it's good. It's good uh-huh. to, you know, face some stuff in your uh-huh. body. It yeah. is crazy how your body does remember that stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I never even thought about that. Like, I always think about, like, mental health. You know, I'm I'm aware of, yeah, I'm a self-aware dude, and, you know, I'm aware of what my experiences have done for me, both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've always been aware, even though I've, I've yet to be proactive enough to go to therapy, uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm aware of, like, that some of those traumatic experiences, what they've done to my mental state, and that's something that I deal with, and... I mean, that's a whole other can of worms we've never talked about. But I probably got a little bit of PTSD from some of the horrible shit that I've seen when I was uh, a cop. Yeah. Dead bodies. And I saw a guy get shot and killed, you know, uh, oh right in front God. of me. I saw a guy drown in front of me. I saw all kinds of horrible shit. And I've always been cognizant to, like, keep an eye on that. How do you mean? Just... I've been good at like compartmentalizing, like you said, like your brain's a hallway with a bunch of doors, and I've just mm-hmm. always kept that door shut. But I've just, I've just always been aware of like, just keep an eye on that, like you know, just in terms of how it might affect my short and long term behavior. Interesting. You know, when people, for example, when people have shitty childhoods, that trauma carries over, and that's a lot to deal with. Sometimes they get over it and become, you know functioning adults and sometimes they don't they become criminals and you know psychopaths or whatever but i've just i was aware that i experienced and saw a bunch of horrible shit that the average person never has to deal with and i was just like all right let's just keep an eye on that make sure that doesn't morph into any weird personality traits interesting so you, know? you were aware okay hey i don't want to take this with me mm-hmm. but i have a question so i feel like the police don't they have, like, a mental health thing? Like, you would think with all the PTSD that mm-hmm. I'm sure every single cop has, yeah. I can't imagine not, no matter what. Yeah. You know, what, how do they combat it? Like, how does the police, do they have something where you yeah. can, well, and they I, explain it? Like, I don't know. Sometimes you, it's, you're mandated to go, like, if you're involved in a shooting, which I was, mm-hmm. I didn't shoot the guy, but my partner did. My partner shot and killed a guy right in front of me, and I was literally a millisecond away from pulling my own trigger. Oh my gosh! Um, so I had to go. I had to go talk to somebody. You know that that, that there was protocols. So like anytime you're shooting, you have to go visit the county shrink. Did you, know? you take it seriously at the time, or you kind of just did it like, uh? Yeah, I think it was like, all right, I have to do this. So what's up? You know, and she just talked to me and asked me a bunch of questions, and you know, but yeah, they, they there were resources available, but they weren't. You know, it was more like, if you're in a shooting, you have to go do this. It wasn't like, hey, in general, fellas, if anybody's feeling sad or weird or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, here's a reminder that you have access. I didn't know anybody who just went to her on their own volition. You know? So it's kind of like, you're in trouble, go see the principal in a Yeah, kind of, like, just like, here's one more thing I have to do. You know, oh, get a that's the worst way to go into yeah. therapy. And keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. I haven't been a cop... Uh, you know, my career ended uh, 17 years ago, you know, started 21 years ago. Uh, so, you know, this was, di- you know, I'm sure it's different now. You would think, you know, the way society has advanced in terms of 
mm-hmm. our our thoughts and approach on therapy and things of that nature. But uh, I don't think it has really, really? though. I, I don't. I mean, I would hope so. I would hope so too. I think because I think people when they hear about trauma and when they hear about PTSD, they're like, "F that, mm-hmm. fucking." Get over it, nerd. Yeah. Especially with dudes. Like, yeah. I feel really bad for you guys. Especially Southern dudes. Yeah, I was... You gotta remember, you know? I was... I started being a cop when I was 23. Jeez. You know, in yeah. Georgia. Yeah. So, there was definitely more of a rub some dirt on it and walk it off mentality to, to everything across right. the board. Well, and it does sound like, okay, where... If, if I had somebody come in and I was a psychiatrist and they weren't listening... And didn't give a shit and were only there because they had to be. Yeah, I'd be kind of phoning it in too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like you're getting top-notch therapy. Yeah. You're probably getting somebody that's working on their doctorate or doing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in between things. Which yeah. is fine and I'm not trying to, you know. Mm-hmm. And who knows? There could be amazing. I have no education on police, you know, psychiatry. But I do know that PTSD is real. That a lot of therapies have been used to help with soldiers with, with, uh, EMDR is one of them, which is, which we're going to get to here in a second. I yeah. Want to hear about that. Um, but th- this actually works. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, I mean, people, I know Gua Sha isn't that, but it should be in places like police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys should have to get one of those massages mm-hmm. every week. You should have to like, go through this stuff because you will keep it. And what happens that I get concerned about is that when people close doors, that always gets open. You can't just close a door and be like, let me lock it. Bye-bye emotions. Nope. Tried it. Sure tried it. And guess what happened? I had a breakdown when I was 23. So no, you don't. You you have to face it. Mm-hmm. Much like Jan with the, with the lunges. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean paying millions of dollars through therapy, guys. It doesn't. It, it can look any way you need it to look, but you have to come and heal in your. You have to make that okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's, I know I'm kind of talking broadly, but it's it's just so. It's hard that mental health is kind of just eye roll whatever mm-hmm. when it actually shows up in your body. My mom was hunched over Mm -hmm. by the time she was 70 because she just held all this tension and poor thing. Of course she did. She Mm -hmm. had a brain tumor. She lost a daughter. You know, she has two crazy daughters. Like I understand why the weight of the world was on her shoulders. Uh, I, I so desperately wish, uh, you know, all this stuff was just more accessible mm-hmm. and more normalized. Mm-hmm. So people don't think, well, no, that's just for rich people or that's only for this person mm-hmm. or that person. And it's like, what do you think muscle rollers are? Mm-hmm. What do you think going to the gyms? And You know what I mean? That's all that stuff is. Mm-hmm. You're getting that crap out by foam rolling, mm-hmm. but it's just a, it's a deeper way of doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know where my point was, but oh, I get, there you go. I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm just really proud of you. When you watch something, though, let's say you're watching, I notice that sometimes you watch police television, mm-hmm. right? Why Why do that? Why watch, you know what I mean? Like, is that triggering you or does that feel like home to you? Are you just, it's I not like, he, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know why? 
Yeah. I think, uh, no, it's definitely not, not like, oh, I want to watch something familiar. It's homey and cozy. No. Um, I just think, it, like, for example, specifically what you're talking about is sometimes on my YouTube algorithm, there will be, uh, like, footage of police shootings, mm-hmm. body cam, officer-involved shootings, things of that nature. And there's still a part of me that's just interested in seeing some of that because uh, I, I'm in a unique position, you know, to where I'm one of the few people that have experienced stuff like that. Mm. You know, I mean, police officers in general, law enforcement yeah. in general. Yeah. But your average person has never had to point a gun at someone and scream for them to drop the knife. The average person never has to do that. No. But I have. Yeah. And now here's a video of another guy going through that. So let me see if what he did right and what he did wrong. You know. Yeah. So. No, I, I get it. It's mm-hmm. like looking, I mean, it, tell me if I'm correct. Is it kind of like looking at old sports tapes? Like, No. What, it, it, it's no. not like that. No. It's Sorry, not like I'm not that. trying to be like, I'm no, trying to understand. I, I think part of it is, too, is thank God I'm not doing that mm. anymore. That's most of it, of like, let me let me morbid curiosity peek at this thing and just appreciate that I don't have to deal with this anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. But no, I don't sit around like... It's not like no, me and I, reliving my glory days the way maybe I do with sports. You know, I'll watch football and go, oh, man, I remember when I played football. Oh, I wish I could still. Because it's a it's, good memory. Yeah, it's a good memory. <laughs> it's not that. It's not me reliving the glory days. It's just kind of a morbid, let me let me take a quick look at this and appreciate the fact that hopefully I never have to deal with this kind of shit ever again. Well, and I imagine for me, if I, I'm putting myself in your shoes and I... If I was a cop, it, it kind of makes you feel not so alone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like when I hear somebody lost a sister or a brother, mm-hmm. mom, dad, <laughs> you name it. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. You're in the bottom of hell right now, and I'm so sorry. There's nothing. But you have an understanding where you kind of just like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like it, it's an interesting club you're a part of mm-hmm. that's very rare. I mean, you're... You're one of a million, boo, because I just don't think a lot of police people, maybe they do, I don't know, but, like, actually look at this and, like, look at this stuff and be like, wait, why? Mm -hmm. Why did I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I almost died twice. Crap. Mm -hmm. I left it in my body. You know what I mean? I bet there's no self-reflection like that in a way, which is... Just and I wouldn't know. I mean, I I'm barely getting therapy, and I'm like a million years in. You know, I no idea. But yeah, I definitely shut that door hard uh, when I stopped being a cop for a couple of reasons. A, just all the bad experiences and stuff, and just how I didn't want to think about that anymore, and I didn't want that to be a part of my life and my memory and my personality. So I shut it from that. And B. If people know how my career ended, you know, the psychological trauma that I put upon myself at my own hands, but that was still something I never wanted to think about again either. Mm. So you kind of were like, look, this is shut. This door is shut. I don't want to even revisit. Yeah, let's try to forget this part of my life ever happened. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, to a certain extent. Interesting. That's why I have had the beard. I started growing the beard the day I quit being a cop, and I've had it ever since, just because I wanted to just change my appearance, change my whole thing, hmm. you know, because I didn't want... 
even without the negative way it ended, even without that, just the four and a half years of horrible experiences that I saw every night, that was enough to make me never want to think about it again. Plus the shame that I brought upon myself on how it ended. I was like, fuck, let's just, let's just gloss over this five-year period wow. in the uh, personal timeline. I, I'm really proud of you for talking about this because I know it's hard. And I also want to say, I think everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I do know that. Of course. And I'm so glad that happened in a horrible way because it got you to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I do think revisiting this and, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes you got to keep the door locked and I get that. And and sometimes opening it up, you're, it's way too soon. You mm-hmm. can't open it. I've been plenty of times where I'm like, oh, this person needs to be out of my life because I'm not healthy enough mm-hmm. to look at that relationship, you know. But I, I find it interesting that everything you literally went into your own hiding mm-hmm. after your career, after the cop thing. Like mm-hmm. you were like, okay, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm mm-hmm. going to come back in a completely different way. Yeah, and which I totally get, do you think you have enough space on that now where you can look at it and, and, and talk about it? I know you're starting to talk about it in comedy. Yeah, just now, after 15 years of doing stand-up, just now starting to talk about cop stuff on stage. Now, how? how How did that, when did that turn, I guess? When did you start, okay, I'm going to start talking about this. Well, I've always known that, from a comedian's point of view, I'm doing myself a disservice by not drawing on these personal experiences yeah. and how I have a unique point of view. Not that I'm the only cop or no. former cop that's ever done stand-up. There's been other guys and gals who've done that. But uh, just, you know, your average comic, you know, who talks about how dating is hard, mm-hmm. you know, I've just got such more interesting... Now, whether or not I can make them make it good material or not is yet to be determined, but... I, I have so much more of a uh, material and source material to draw upon than just your average 22 year old comic who's starting out, who's talking about dating and his weird Uber driver, you know? Yeah. You have more life experience. So I knew I was doing myself a disservice by not talking about it. And then, um, and I had been thinking about it ever since I, well, I came out <laughs> in the podcast uh, world a couple of years ago. Was, I remember that, you know, on the boogie monster, uh, and what I was that decision? To... Was that similar? You were like, I'm just going to talk about it? That just... was right after George Floyd. And that mm. was at the peak of just all the chaos that has been going for the last couple of years. And, mm. you know, with all the protest and the anti-cop stuff. And I just felt like, all right, it's time to talk about it. You know, not from a, hey, guys, not all cops are bad. You're like, I'm, I'm definitely not defending. I, I have no interest. I, I'm not. I don't have any rah-rah, back the boys in blue left in me mm-hmm. you know that all that I being can't. said I, I you know I still I watch some of these police shootings and as awful as it is it's like that he did the right thing you know that was because a just he was trained. That's, that's justified shooting as you know sometimes that I happens. Know. like when you I, say that in movies and stuff I'm like no yeah. why what yeah I know everybody hates cops and I know a lot of them do shit they're not supposed to <laughs> myself included but sometimes when that horrible stuff happens it's justified because as, as progressive and open-minded and as liberal as I am, I still have to recognize that they're, the world is full of shitheads. Mm. Not full, but there's plenty of shitheads out there doing shithead stuff. And when you pull a gun on a cop, you're going to get shot. That's, that's just how that works, bud. 
Yeah. You know, when a cop tells you to drop the fucking knife, you drop the fucking knife. Yeah. You know. Wow. So sometimes it's unfortunate, but it is. So I see both both sides of it. Other times I've I've seen stuff where it's like, whoa, you were a poorly trained police officer. That's terrible judgment, and they mm-hmm. should be you know dealt with through proper channels. But uh, yeah, I, I see both sides of the coin. It's just the same way I am on a lesser degree at restaurants. Like I'm sympathetic to the plight of the server. I know your job's tough, but guess what? I used to do that too. And I put forth a little more effort than what you're doing right now. So, you know, I see both sides of it. I think it's interesting because I'm kind of connecting. Sorry, are you bored with this? Okay. Um, I think with with your job stuff, it is interesting that you get so frustrated with people not doing their job correctly. Yes, that's one thing that's carried over because not to sound like a blowhard, but, you know, when I was doing what I did as an officer, if I didn't cross my T's and dot my I's, somebody may have died that night. Yeah. You know, if I didn't pay attention to details, myself, my partner, yeah. an innocent civilian may have died. So I don't have a lot of uh, sympathy for people that just can't fucking do their job. Yeah. Just who take it, you know, whatever it is. I know mm-hmm. not everything is a life or death situation, but like, come on, man. No, and it, here's the thing. Yes, there's stupid jobs, but I think... There's no stupid jobs. <laughs> Did you say yes? There are stupid jobs. Yes, there no, are. I, stupid no, jobs. I just meant like, no, hey, Dave, lighten up. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a bartender. I'm not a police officer. Right. I'm sorry if I got the drink order. No, well, I see. You know, I, you but know, have, not everything is as severe as what I dealt with. But just in principle, like, get your head out of your ass and do your job properly. Well, no, I, I agree with you. I, I what I, <laughs> what I meant to say was yes. Uh, what a life lesson that I learned because I used to just I don't really take things seriously. Shocking, so I'd be like, oh, like I got fired once from being a legal assistant, and she was like, "Would you hire you?" And I literally answered, "No, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. That's on you, buddy. <laughs> like yeah. I am not a detail oriented person. This wasn't a good fit." Yeah. But um, so I've always kind of been able to laugh at it, or you know, I've lost so many jobs, and and it's like, wait a minute, you know. Abraham Lincoln said, I know I'm going to quote something like if uh, whatever you do, be a good one, uh-huh. whatever you do. Yeah. And I, and I truly do believe that. And that was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn. And I'm still learning it. Like it's, it's a privilege to be able to get hired mm-hmm. anywhere. Why are you there? N- you got to start somewhere. And guess what? You're going to learn something that's going to take you when you get to the point where you want to have a vocation or when you want to get more career oriented. Like you'll be like, oh, hey, at this restaurant job, when I used to deal with this person, I was good. At, you know, like you you find your way by doing. Mm-hmm. And so I do understand that. And that's a very much now in our generations of millennials. And I'm a geriatric millennial and. What's the next one? I have no idea. Z or whatever. I can't keep up. I'm Gen X. That's all I know. Yeah. But I I understand why this generation below me, <laughs> below me, am I right? Um, they're know-it-alls. Mm-hmm. A lot of them mm-hmm. know-it-alls because they do. They have had computers yeah. since they were little. Like yeah. they've had Google this entire. So yeah, they know how to just take care of problems. They do. They uh-huh. come at it a different way. But what on the flip side, it's like, but then they also have to recognize that people that are older or, you know, doing a job well 
that's never going to be old. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing lame <laughs> about taking pride in your work. And that, because that's taking pride in you. Yeah. I think we have such an eye roll culture of like, ugh, whatever. And it's easy to go there. That's like, I think that's a, when I see a comic that's just like, if women or men are bleh, yeah. and just negative. It's Oof. like, but what what is under there? And, na- you know, being anger is just depression with a smile, mm-hmm. really. I mean, it's just depression with somewhere to go. And I think digging into all that is just, I, I don't know. I think it's just fascinating because I am, I see both sides. I see the high I was raised with Google and an iPad. And I also see, wait a minute, start a business and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I see completely both sides, but I, I feel like we can all work together and mm-hmm. make it better but I just don't know how, and I'm <laughs> not going to try. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, boo. Wow. That was amazing. I'm so proud of you for opening up about that. Yeah, thanks, boo. It's crazy. Yeah. Good for you. Good for me. Get get it. I rule. You, <laughs> I rule. Where is that from? O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Billy Madison, guys. San Dimas High School football rules. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And when I first moved out here and I started driving on the, uh, is it the 210 or whatever? 210. You, you, you go past San Dimas. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's where those characters from Bill and Ted went to high school. Because during the during the assembly, one of the, the jock just stands up and he yells, San Dimas High School Football Rules. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Boo-Boo? Boo, I'm good. Things I am good? doing well. I am, well... We- Charlie's Lane. We got a lot to get caught up on. We oh, sorry. May, we may have to push that oh. to next week. Okay. Wow. Uh, but good. I, next week, let's talk about, is it EMDR? What is it's it? called EMDR therapy. Uh-huh. Um, to, if, if, oh, I had a couple Stonebergs listeners reply to my story when I talked about EMDR. Okay. Um, and they were like, oh, it helped so much with my talk therapy. It's, but it's for, um, it, it's for people that have trauma, uh-huh. uh, either PTSD or even verbal trauma. There's just trauma that you hold in your body. And it is a device where you, it's almost like hypnotizing uh-huh. because you follow a dot across a screen okay. while a practitioner, a pretty much a well-trained uh-huh. psychiatrist uh, leads you through it. And I, I could okay. walk you through next week what what was happening, but it is, it's crazy and amazing. And I mean, soldiers have to do it when they get back from war. Like it's a thing that you have to face. Okay. And that's why I say that, especially boys. Listen, guys, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Go on a hike and scream into a pillow or something. You don't have to go to the guasha lady, (laughs) but just recognize, Hey, find an outlet. Harvey, Harvey, what are you doing? Harvey was trying to find his outlet, which was scratching your chair. He's turned my nice chair into a giant, Scratching. Pain. I mean, okay. Char- Harley, Harley. Oh, Harley. Oh, <laughs> Charlie. Oh, no. she told you not to do that. <laughs> Charlie plays cop, furniture yeah. cop. Whenever the boys are doing something bad. Uh, well, yeah, I want to hear about the EMDR session. Uh, you went to Pride. Oh. You had a blast in Pride. Yeah. We're both in the middle of keto. Yeah. Uh, oh. I know you didn't do pounds. You're doing, uh, remember we said sizes. our goals. Sizes. Uh, I think my goal was 25 pounds. I'm down nine. Nice. I'm down, down nine since we started uh, two weeks ago. So I got about... Uh, how many days I got? So I got uh, what, 25 minus 9, 
So I got 16 more pounds. Okay. And uh, we got about, uh, you know, got about 20 days. Well, and you're so, so annoying because, like, boys drop weight so easy. It's yeah. really frustrating. Yeah. It's I, not normal. <laughs> I haven't even, I've been working out every day. I've been doing the kettlebell, but I haven't been doing a ton of cardio. But I've just simply, I'm doing keto. No sugar, no bread, no carbs. I'm just doing meat and veggies. And uh, it's been hard. <laughs> You know, having zero sugar, well, yeah. zero booze, zero bread, rice, potatoes, any of that. Uh, but man, it works. Like it, it just does. every day. I've every day I get on the scale, I've lost a pound, pound and a half. Oh, so. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and I'm not gonna go ahead and say where I'm at, just uh-huh. because I had a little whoopsie regarding some <sighs> sugar. And we don't need to get into it, guys. Not a big deal. I just kind of ate confederate. I just found an open box of <laughs> confectioner sugar, with no other accoutrements. No. Oh, sorry. So just, I was like, did she just eat spoonfuls of sugar? <laughs> no, I used crackers. You're sprinkling to... on a cracker. Yeah. See, this. It was, guys. Listen. It wasn't my finest hour, and I really thought I hit it. So when you came out and saw it in the living room, I just started dying laughing because I was like, I'm caught. I'm caught red-handed. I literally was eating a box of sugar. But, yeah. So, but you you feeling okay about things? You're going to be able to make your two sides? I don't give a shit. It's not like no. I'm enforcing that. It's through. okay. You're saying like, that I'm huge. No, and I'm not saying like it at all. I'm saying... Car. I mean the car now. Are you, I'm saying, are you a woman of your word? I am a, I'm a woman of my word, and uh-huh. I'm a woman of action. How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to do amazing. Woman of action. I am. Be uh, a man of action. Be a woman of action, everybody. <laughs> that's funny. It sounds like a sales meeting. <laughs> word of mouth this week, boo. Ooh. What you got? Word of, I, I, oh, Roar. I love this show, guys. It's on Apple TV. It's called Roar. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Uh, starring women, directed by women, written by women, and it is so interesting and weird, and I don't even know... So it's a series? It's a series, but every episode is not the... What, what's it called when like it's... Anthology? A, anthology, okay. yeah. Okay, so every episode's different story, different characters? Completely different, okay. but... Like it, a bunch of short films? Yeah. Okay. And it's just it's so interesting. I've never seen anything done like... Anything like this. Uh-huh. It's just... You know when you see like a John Waters film or something, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is mm-hmm. I've never." Yeah. It, it's kind of like that, and there's a few eh, in there, but not everyone hits. Not everyone hits, okay. but it is so. The first one, absolutely watch, and just give it a watch. Roar, mm-hmm. Apple TV, big fan. What about you, Boo? Word of mouth. This is a weird word of mouth because uh, this material is 31 years old. Oh boy. <laughs> But, uh, you know, being the music lover, the record lover that I am, it seems like every week I'm dipping into something new and always trying to find that new fix or that old fix or whatever. Uh, I'm in a weird 90s hip-hop phase right now. I am loving this I've never been a huge hip-hop guy. Like, I I appreciate I'm not like one of these just, all rap sucks and... I don't like black people. No, I've never never been that asshole. Just, you know, hip-hop isn't something that I ever really gravitated towards. I mean, when I was early in high school, I was into 90s hip-hop. I was into Ice Cube and N.W.A. and Public Enemy, that that early 90s stuff. There was a two- or three-year period where I got really into that before I went full deep into uh, rock and metal. Um, But I love dipping back into some old classic hip-hop. And uh, recently, I've just been obsessed with A Tribe Called Quest, their second album, um, Low End Theory. 
I've just been listening to that all week, and it's just a fun. It, it, I'm sure, like purists love it because uh, it is a well, um, uh, what's a highly regarded classic hip hop album. But I also think people like me that maybe hip hop isn't your, you know, top genre. You know, hip hop's probably five or six down on the list in terms of what I, you know, alt country, classic country, stoner metal. Uh, You know, I like a little bit of garage rock, classic rock. So hip hop's a little lower on the priority list for me. But uh, I think for people like that as well, it's just, it's an easy listen. It's fun. Uh, Is it flirty? It's fun. It's flirty. Uh, (laughs) I'm not trying to pretend to be an expert on hip hop, but like the lyrics are good. Q-Tip and Fife Dog uh, and the production's good. Like the low end theory Kind of a uh, couple meanings there, but one just meaning there's a lot of bass, a lot of low end. It's a thick, sonically thick, fun album to listen to. Uh, so yeah, just been all up on a tribe called Quest this week. So wow, we need to dip into some old hip hop. Uh, give that one a try. And I'm also uh, touching on their third album, Midnight Marauders. Haven't uh, absorbed that one as well yet, but uh, so yeah, big, big. I love. I always loved uh, that kind. Of, I I think one time I went on record saying I like. Any hip hop that isn't uh, bling culture, okay. Show me a rapper who doesn't sport a ton of bling, and I'm like, okay, I like what they're doing. Not to say so, that, Lil John isn't up your alley. I mean, I, okay, I, I appreciate what I he does. Love Lil John. I appreciate what he does. Lil, but like, I, I I went through a period where I was really into like most deaf. Mm. You know, public enemy, that kind of... I guess some people would call that, like, conscious hip-hop. And, I, and it's, I don't mean... I'm not into it from, like, a pretentious, like, I only like those stuff where they're saying something of meaning. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, some of that tended to be a little more original to me than some of the kind of cookie-cutter, we-in-the-club, bling-type stuff. You know, a lot of that just seemed very uh, dime-a-dozen, where, like, Chuck D and Most Def and Q-Tip just seemed to be doing something a little more interesting and original from my novice point of view. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. awesome, boo. Yeah. So then check that out. Uh, another thing real quick, not to end on a bummer, uh, but a good buddy of mine, Jacob Rupert, mm. uh, got some bad news this week. Uh, great dude. He's Atlanta guy. He's not a comic. A lot of people think he's a comic uh, because he was just one of our Atlanta comedy's biggest cheerleaders. This uh, I've known Jacob for over 10 years, uh, probably 12 or 15 years. But he was just a guy that was always hanging around comedy if uh, Atlanta folks mm. know Star Bar Monday Night Star Bar uh, there was always a handful of comics that were there every week and Jacob was also there every week and just a big supporter of uh, local Atlanta comedy and just one of the um, just one of the nicest dudes I've ever met just got a great spirit Aww. just doesn't have a cynical bone in his body never heard him talk shit about anybody just one of those guys that's just oh Jacob's here it just just a big goober just just travels and eats corn dogs and just everybody loves him. Fucking Jacob got told that he has pancreatic cancer. He, he um, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer I'm this so week. I'm so sorry. So uh, that's a bummer, but uh, they did catch it early. Good, and, okay. And, and, and he seems very optimistic. Uh, that being said, he's got a big battle in front of him, both medically and financially. Does he have insurance? Uh, or? I'm not sure, but he has a GoFundMe. Okay. He's got a GoFundMe. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page and find it. Some of my recent posts were that. Mm-hmm. Or you can go directly to his, Jacob Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T, uh, on his page. If you just poke around for a few minutes, you'll find the GoFundMe. And uh, I think their goal was like 50000 And uh, last I checked, they're about halfway there. Wow. So uh, Good. Okay. Even if it's 
five or ten bucks. And you know, and I know that a lot of people listening to this don't know the guy, but if you just want to do a mitzvah, I'm mm-hmm. vouching for him. Great dude. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, like shitheads get cancer too. <laughs> and I feel sorry for those folks, but I, I'm you know, I'm sincerely mm-hmm. uh, you know, waving the flag here in, in terms of trying to get some attention towards his GoFundMe page. Okay. So if uh, anybody could throw five, ten, fifteen bucks towards that uh you'd be doing a mitzvah and you'd be helping out just a solid solid dude so uh jacob rupert r-u-p-p-e-r-t go to my facebook page go to his facebook page whatever but uh yeah we're thinking of you jacob yeah you're gonna get through this and uh you are fans of uh my little known uh gravy boat program uh uh, they do know jacob because jacob is my voiceover guy on the gravy boat uh if you ever hear a voice on that show that's not mine it's probably jacob's uh, he got a great voice. He just got this kind of the Kyle gravelly yeah. voice, but he's got a. He's from a, originally. He's from Iowa, but he's been in Georgia so long that he's got a little bit of a Georgia accent. So oh, like, cute. just imagine like Kyle's gruffy uh, voice, <laughs> but with just a little bit of a Georgia draw. That's why I was like, oh, he would be perfect for Gravy Boat. Oh, that's so, amazing! Yeah, I, immediately when I started doing Gravy Boat, I was like, Jacob, you want to want to do some voiceover for me? And he's like, sure, man, whatever you need. Aww. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, thinking about Jacob, and uh, he's going to whoop this sucker here. So yep. throw him a few bones to help him out. But uh, boo, so great catching up. Oh, So where, great catching up. Where boo. can we find you on Instagram? Oh, uh, KT Lowe Strandberg. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah. Where can we find you on TikTok? You're on TikTok now. KT Lowe Strandberg. Oh, yeah, no G. Well, that's, that's good there. Uh, <laughs> you know who just signed up for TikTok? No. Cecil. No, he didn't. Cecil's no, going to get on didn't. TikTok. Is he? Yeah. He, no, he, boo, why? He wants to do it. Uh, he's, well, what's his... He says he's got things to say. What? What's his TikTok one? I, I, no, I don't I don't know yet. Oh, he but doesn't? But I'm just saying, oh, be on the lookout. I can imagine that. Be on the lookout. chestnut. We might, uh, we might have some <laughs> Cecil content oh, pretty soon. I'm sure That's it's going to be That's what he's been doing in that weird room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, live shows, you can catch me in Bakersville, California, July 16th. Woo! I'm at a place called The Well, and uh, not confirmed yet, but I might, a couple days later, I might be in Apple Valley, California on the 18th of July. Woo! So, uh, and maybe I can hook something. By the way, I'll throw it out there. Anybody know anybody in Fresno or Palm Desert or Palmdale? Uh, maybe I, I tried to do a show on the 17th. So I'm in Bakersfield on the 16th, probably Apple Valley on the 18th, and uh, maybe I'd try to hook something up on the 17th somewhere Ooh. up in Central California. So yes. we shall see. Uh, Getting that desert. Uh, no dates posted yet, but in August I'll be doing some Midwest, Midwest dates with uh, my buddy Ryan Singer. Aww. I think uh, I think we've got uh, Buffalo confirmed. I think we have uh, Philadelphia confirmed. I think we have Cincinnati confirmed. Um, so, yeah, tickets aren't on sale yet, but be on the lookout for that. I'll be posting those as soon as they uh, are ready for sale. And uh, you can find all that shit at dumbdavestone.com. Boo. Great to see you. So great to see you. We love you guys. And I love you, boo-boo. Oh, I love you. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye. 
Let me flaunt the style. I think that the time's near that we drop studs. There won't be no duds here. Rappers play the dumb. dumb. Kinda on the space tip, but when they hear the jam, jam, they be on the deals, Nick. Now I'm not for the rock. rock. I know the territory. Go ahead and try. try. That's a different story. Similar to Grim, Grim. I can tell a better one. All about a kid, kid. Who couldn't rap and didn't run. Stands on the side. Where the mic is getting done. Resorts to begging Billy. Billy. Asking, could he have some? No, never, ever, ever. Go back and try again, man. If you come back, back. I'll be the first to shake your hand. Competition's good. good. It brings out the vital parts. The abstract, poetic, edit. Majors in recital arts. Do it for the kids. kids. The elders and the rap peers. We know the job is done. done. When we hear a lot of cheers, gotta feel the vibe. vibe. Word for my creation. If the hands clap, clap. I'm filled with elation. Here I am, ghetto. Full with a lot of steam. Think I gotta, I think I gotta, I think I gotta scream. Cause that's how good it feels, child. Let your head down. So we could get buck wild. Do your ill dance. Go think about the next man. We must have unity. And think of the bigger plan. The vision we will fall. We must stick together. See, I like to take this time. To say what's up to Cool G. The name is Q-Tip. The Midnight Marauder. Give enough respects to Africa Bambada. As a man in the world, I must do my job. Take care of Mama Do. I won't resort to Rob. Rob, you get your dough. Mace is my witness. Obsessed with the rap rap. But it's the mental fitness. Like shooting CeeLo and always hitting head cracks the industry is luck luck winning with the fake raps beats to the cool schools pump the real hip hop not selling out from hard rock to just jock I don't know what to say but here I go freaking if the papes come then you know I'm seeking I'm just a short brother dark skin face weigh above 50 36 weight oh lord yeah okay thank you